Just two quick notes before we start the show. Uh, I'd like to remind you that you can always follow the We Are Southampton page on Instagram. Matt, who was on the show earlier in, in the season, runs that page. He also designed our logo. So for competitions, goals, polls, edits, and everything else, be sure to check out the We Are Southampton page on Instagram. Secondly, uh, on this show, I messed with the audio recording settings. I'm still trying to figure out the best audio configuration to, to give you the best sounding show. Uh, and some listeners had had mentioned that this the audio on the show is a little bit lower uh, than some of the other podcasts I listen to. So I did my best to kind of uh, remedy that. So if it sounds a lot better or a lot worse, let me know. Um, if you can't notice a difference, um, I don't I don't know. But hopefully it sounds good, and uh, be sure to let me know if, if you don't like it or whatever, and uh, we'll do our best to fix it. So uh, all that being said, here's the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. And no matter where you are, no matter how you may be listening, thanks for making the show a, a part of your day. What a week for the Southampton Football Club. We were back on a schedule after being kind of almost off for seemingly weeks at a time. Uh, we were back to playing three games in eight days. And from those three games, we saw a little bit of rotation. Some of it was forced due to yellow card accumulation and an injury. But we took seven points from nine. We had four goals, three clean sheets. We had defenders and midfielders and, and, and strikers even score or forwards score. I won't say striker, but forwards. And overall, we had some really good individual performances. Uh, think of guys like Fraser Forster and Dusan Tadic, who maybe haven't played up to the level that we've expected uh, of them. And they really came and stepped up this week when the team needed them. And at times the team played very well as a whole, really buckling down and was able to withstand some, some periods of pressure and really defend as a unit and attack uh, in much the same manner. And so all of that was uh, refreshing to see. It was awesome to see. And it puts me in a much better mood than, uh, you know, in weeks past, maybe. Uh, hopefully it does the same for you. And I'd like to remind you that you can always follow the show on Twitter at SFC Delivery. That's at SFC D-E-L-L underscore I-V-E-R-Y. And my guest this week is Jamie Grant. And Jamie does a ton of stuff on social media. You can find his personal Twitter account at ManLikeGranty. That's at M-A-N-L-I-K-E-G-R-A-N-T-Y on Twitter. But he also runs the Twitter account for at 12th Man Sport. And if you remember a few weeks ago, we had Blake Hampton on. And Blake is one of the uh, one of the, the creators of 12th Man Sport, one of the lead writers there and editors. So Jamie and him work fairly closely, even though they live on uh, you know different sides of the, the Atlantic Ocean. So that being said, Jamie also runs a page called the at Southampton page. So it's just at Southampton page. It's on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And he does a fantastic job there. And he didn't really tell me the, the, the level of success that he's experienced with the Southampton page. Um, I was, I was scrolling through my, my, my feed as we were talking and I, I found the page and I follow it on my personal Instagram account. Um, 
and I, I was, you know, when I found it, when I realized who, what it was, um, you know, he's got a partnership with sure for that page. He has over, uh, or almost 17,000 followers, uh, on that page. And, and in typical English fashion, he did not brag about that one bit. He kind of downplayed the whole thing. Um, but Jamie is a good follow. He's got a lot of news that he curates and, and presents very, very well, very nicely, uh, for any Southampton fans. So be sure to give those, those pages a follow. On today's show, we're going to talk with Jamie about his his uh, social media journey, about living in Southampton, about attending games, about listening on the radio. Uh, we're also going to talk about the the Crystal Palace match and the West Brom match. A uh, little bit on the Man City match, but but not much. Uh, still too early in the week to uh, to really get any kind of team news. Got players are still recovering. We won't know who's fit or not for that match until much later in the week. And we'll also announce the winner of the Bobby Stokes book giveaway. Uh, that will come after the interview. So uh, with all that being said, I think it's time to get to the interview with Jamie. So here is Jamie Grant. You can find him on Twitter at ManLikeGranty at Southampton page and links to both Twitter and Instagram and all that stuff and Facebook are all in the show notes. So be sure to check them out. All right. So here's my interview with Jamie Grant. So we'd like to welcome to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all the SFC fans, Jamie Grant. Uh, You can find him on Twitter at ManLikeGranty. He also runs the Southampton page on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and is also associated with 12th Man Sport, uh, running their social media accounts. So, uh, Jamie, thanks for joining me on this uh, Sunday evening, and uh, welcome to the show. Uh, Hello. It's nice to be here. Yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, and it's a good, like we were talking on Twitter, it's a good time to uh, kind of talk of better circumstances than uh, than definitely could have been. Yeah, yeah. I said I was very worried about these last two games. So yeah, it's a great time to talk about it. And it was, I, I was I was kind of thinking, and I think I said it uh, either on Twitter or last podcast, like this 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 week has a chance to really make or break the kind of the kind of season because it, it could. If we if we would have dropped a bunch of points this week, then people are looking at going. Those are those are three winnable matches or points to be taken, and and now we're we're slipping closer and closer down to fifteenth place versus you know pushing towards you know eighth or eighth at this point. So I don't know. And as a, after the Bournemouth match, I wasn't too convinced that we would be even challenging West Brom, but now now we're right there. Yeah. Um. So, but we'll talk about uh, Crystal Palace. We'll talk about West Brom. Uh, maybe a little bit about Man City next weekend, but. Uh, you're from Southampton, so uh, you know you've been to St. Mary's. Can you tell me a little bit about that, and then uh, and then we'll talk about uh, the social media stuff too. Yeah, well, like I said obviously I've supported Southampton since since 1992. Obviously, since I was younger, I've been a I said, I've been a season ticket all my life. I've been a season ticket holder for the last couple of years. Obviously, I haven't been a season ticket holder this season due to due to money problems and other things. So I've been to the odd game here and there. So yeah. But I've listened mainly on the radio to Adam Blackmore on Radio Solent most of the season when I've been able to go. All right. And now, do you stream it on there on the on the Saints website, or do you do you just have it on the actual radio? I actually have it on the have it on the radio while I'm doing my like talking to other friends or whatnot. On, do, yeah, doing the social media stuff. Me, yeah. All right. And then so like you got to tell me the kind of the difference between hearing it on the radio and actually being in the stadium. Like, do you find that uh, if you're talking to people who are at the game, that there is a difference between the way you kind of experience the same match just based on, uh, on being there or, or hearing it on the radio? I must, well, I must admit, I, 
a bit. I said, I, Adam Blackmore is a great commentator to listen to because if I said if I obviously can't go to the games, he's for me. He really, he obviously, is a really passionate commentator. So I, it, it does get you up because he's like I said. I mean, especially I've I've watched the clip about I think over a hundred times the Shane Long winner against Liverpool. Yes, obviously I watched, and his passion and that was really. And I must admit that really. And I, I said I wasn't at, obviously at Anfield, but the passion that he used made me feel like I was actually at the stadium at Anfield with the fans. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, in, in that sense, yeah, that sort of thing does. But obviously, nothing beats being at St Mary's. Obviously, with other fans and. I mean, yeah, no. I said it's a feeling you. I said it sticks with you for a long time, definitely. Have you been to an away match recently, or or no? I haven't been to one for a few years. Last time I went to one was when this is going back a bit. When Harry Redknapp got a point, I think Mark Hughes got sacked that evening, and uh, Harry Redknapp was appointed manager. I remember going to it. And there was like protests out the back saying that we want him to go. It was a. I said I think we won two one that day. I think. And that was literally the game that it was. I think it was he had to win, and otherwise he was sacked. And I think last he got sacked the next day, and then Harry Redknapp took over. I don't like to mention him too much. Yeah, obviously. yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, the Southampton fans, especially, I would say maybe I've just noticed it more since the uh, since the Cup final. But I, they on the American broadcast, they always get mentioned because, and you can always hear them constantly. Uh, you can always hear uh, the chants and the songs and. I, when I watched the um, the EFL Cup final, I was in a I was in a bar, and there was one guy that was from Southampton who was there, and the rest of the bar was just Manchester United fans. So there were like seven of us, and everybody else is Manchester United because let's face it, it's America and it's California and it's a bunch yeah, yeah. of front runners, but that's just what it is. But um, so we're there, and uh, you know they're singing you know whatever some songs, and this 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 guy from Southampton is just like basically punching us and saying like we have to sing a lot and loud and now it's cool because i hear the songs that are being sung even over the tv and i'm like oh i know that song like i know that chant like that's and and it's all because of of that little experience so that's i I don't know maybe i just notice it more because of that but i can always hear them and they i think they do a good job of of representing uh the the club and and the rest of the fans so yeah i said they're brilliant i mean i said how many games i thought it was a home game because i've listened to a few away games on obviously the radio and I said and you can hear the Saints fan and it's like and I said Adam Blackmore's mentioned on the radio a few times it's like, it's like being at St Mary's so yeah I said they're really good away from especially away from home I said obviously at, at the home obviously you hear them totally but obviously away from home it's I said it's really good to hear week in week out well and, I, and I'm sure that uh, I, I, I would I would guess that less of the full family of four is going to go to an away match you know it's going to be mm. the, the probably the younger people with you know I don't want to say a, a lack of responsibility, but just different uh, you know different circumstances that are going to allow them to do that and and go. And I also noticed that on Twitter, if somebody if somebody's a season ticket holder and they go home and away, they put that on their on their profile. You know, it's always you know, home and away. Here's here's where I sit. Um, do you have a, a suggestion if you're gonna if, if I'm if I'm going to a match? You know, if I can sit in what w- what block or whatever, where where do I sit? What's the best? When I last went, I said I my seat was restricted viewing, so obviously the original seat I was going to have I had a massive pillar in front, so I was never going to. But luckily for me, I had a word with one of the stewards, and they moved me down like halfway down. So I usually go not too because I was I know a lot of people like to go right down the bottom near the steps, and but I like to go. I said in the in the middle, basically, if you understand what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. 
now you run you run it you're pretty busy social media like you mentioned a little earlier you run it for 12th man sport but you also have uh the southampton page and that's on twitter instagram and and facebook correct Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you, you mind telling us a little bit about what what you do there and uh, gives people an idea about what happens there uh, with with the Southampton page? Yeah. Well, that's it. Basically, it's just I said I don't write articles on now. I, I said I do like more like Southampton like news or or, or I basically I'll, I'll get the news from other people like if like if Reed Southampton does a link, I'll retweet them or I'll basically retweet any news. Or do you know what I mean? I said I don't really do the articles myself. I said I'm, I'm more, I'm used to more doing the social media side of things. So I, I said I basically get the news from whoever, whoever, and then I, I said retweet it or whatever, just to get it out there, sort of thing. Yeah. So if people come to the Southampton page, they'll be able to get articles from a number of different sources, right? Yeah. Awesome. And obviously, I've recently got a partnership with Shaw, so I've managed to be able to do some giveaways for tickets lately. So I've been able okay. to use my accounts for that. So yeah, that's been a real good thing to hook up with them because I said I've never had anything like that to have a chance to give away tickets to fellow fans. And obviously, yeah, so I've managed to be able to do that in recent times as well. People can check out at Southampton page on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and they could, you know, possibly win uh, yeah. uh, some tickets through through Sure. So that that's awesome. Now you started also working with Twelfth Man Sport, which uh, Blake Hampton uh, has a part in, and we talked to him a few weeks ago. But uh, what 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 goes on at at Twelfth Man Sport, and how do you uh, what what's your role in that? Because obviously, the original plan was to obviously all be writers, and obviously I said that I would do the Twitter side with Jack, who's another Southampton fan. He does some of the uh, tweets as well. Obviously, we've got Blake who does the writing, and obviously the manager of it, and then we've got another few writers and we've just taken on another new one last night which is one of my friends so we've managed we're trying to expand it day by day but my main role with it is like i said is basically just running the twitter account really but we do more obviously it's not a southampton based one it's more like a, like abroad like the champions league uh spanish teams i said english team. it's all it's very it's all more worldwide rather than just southampton based obviously I'm just going to say it. Blake sent in a question that I have to ask you later, so just be prepared. Yeah, I will be. Well, uh, so people, be sure to check out the at Southampton page on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Get a chance to win uh, some tickets. And for more uh, just general Saints news and then for news of, of soccer of all over the place or football all over the world, uh, check out at 12th Man Sport. Um, so yeah. thanks for doing all that. I know it, it'll, it keeps you busy during the match. We were talking about that before we recorded. So, you know, to those late night texts, I appreciate you doing that. So we kind of mentioned earlier, we alluded to it. We had a pretty good week. We, you know, we, we drew with Bournemouth. So you dropped two points there, but, but okay. And then going into, uh, Crystal Palace midweek, this is kind of the first time for probably after a month or two that we would have had several games in quick succession. And earlier in the season, I think you and I both know what that would have meant for, for Claude Puel, uh, would have been massive rotation. So what were you expecting as, uh, as we went into that crystal palace, that crystal palace match? The weird thing is after, cause obviously I saw them win at Chelsea and for some, re- for some reason, a lot of other people who I spoke to before the game wasn't so confident. They were expecting Palace to be really up for it and probably 
beat us, but for some reason I had the feeling that they would get the hangover that you get from beating a big club because obviously you beat Chelsea, which is obviously Chelsea have been phenomenal this season, and obviously they got the win, and I just had a real good feeling that we could beat them at home because I thought that might just take it because obviously they put they would have put so much effort into winning at Stamford Bridge to come to St Mary's, and I said I just had a real good feeling that we could win it. I was I was skeptical. I I kind of felt like. The performance we we put up against Bournemouth, had we continued that, that we would be in some real trouble, and that Palace kind of, I don't know, starting to 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 kind of defend a little bit better and do that thing. I I really wasn't wasn't very confident, but when we played them, you know, I was I was pleasantly surprised uh, by by the result and the overall performance. What what were you expecting in terms of um, lineup and formation? Were you expecting a lot of rotation, uh, either more or less than we actually put out, or what were what were your thoughts on that? Well, I I, I saw that Claude did a I think it was in an interview with the Daily Echo, and he said that I will not be doing as much chopping and changing as I have been, which obviously was a big relief to me because for me he did that way too much earlier. I understand the amount of games and that sort of thing, but. So it was sort of good to see that he wasn't going to make... Obviously, I understood there'd be a couple of changes here and there, but to see the squad mainly the same, obviously, we lost Gavardini, obviously, which was a bit of a shock to the system. But like I said to see the team not change as much was a good a good thing from my part, anyway, to see. I guess I can understand resting Bertrand because he played, you know, two games even though we were the international break, and some of those other guys, you know, maybe didn't have to do that. But... I have to agree with you that I was I was I felt pretty good about the team we put out. I felt like that was a strong side, and that those changes I was really hoping were just gonna you know were gonna work out and be in and we'd have enough to get through it. Um, and overall, I thought I thought the changes were okay. Uh, I can say that I didn't really think McQueen played all that well. I I felt like he he struggled a bit, but it is what it is, and he's not Ryan Bertrand, and I think it's unfair to expect him to to be yeah, Ryan Bertrand. You know, I say a lot of people do do compare and it's not said it's very you know i mean it's very uh tough to do that and then th- that start that we had um i was listening on the radio and and it sounded like we started we started fast we had lots of pressure but we kind of were back to the beginning of the season where we just couldn't couldn't score is that kind of how you saw the beginning of that match as well yeah, well, I, was, well, I was worried because it obviously after the Bournemouth game, I was I said I was pretty skeptical, and I I remember putting out a tweet saying I think we're, we we will struggle to score without Gabardini because obviously it looks like before our team for me in the going back to the, obviously the Bournemouth game had that look of how our life was before Gabardini where we just couldn't score. So yeah, so I was a bit worried with the score in parks obviously Gavardini has been well I said I think he's been better than most people thought he would be here and he's literally taken off and obviously it was a big loss to miss him for the two games he has been a breath of fresh air and I think every Southampton fan recognized that we needed a goal scorer and it was just like well who has to go in order to make that in order to make that possible and he's come in and and, I, and then with that, we had the formation change, and I think we've just been so much better uh, since then. Maybe not as many clean sheets is is, is there, but uh, you know it, you can't you can't have everything all the time. So we went behind uh, that that goal from Palace. I watched it back on the replay, and it was they they just cut us open. You know they went right through us, 
and I have to say that's where I saw McQueen. It looked like he he probably could have done a little better. Um, but there was just such good ball movement and, and palace does have, you know, uh, some really, really creative and, and good players. And so one moment of brilliance from them. Okay. Like we, we gave up a goal and then we were able to draw a level just right on the edge of halftime. And then once the second half started, I thought that's when I was on, I took my lunch and, uh, you know, was able to watch it and it looked like we, like I, we had to win, Right. Is that am I am I wrong in, in, yeah. in thinking that? Yeah, looking at it was like I said, it was an, I was looking at the table before and with two results, obviously we're up tonight. But I look under us and a couple of let's say next few games are not so right. You can be back in the bottom half again. It's so close from us to obviously there's obviously West Brom and then obviously there's a gap Everton have got, but there's a gap and then there's obviously the top six above. So there's like from. West Brom under it's quite a minefield really when it comes to the different points and yeah so yeah so let's see between Everton and and West Brom now there are 10 points after after the match conclusion of matches today and then we're only now four points behind West Brom and we have two games in hand so I mean but then like you said after that I mean there's not there's not a whole lot of distance between us and and uh you know I'd say Bournemouth in 15th it's only five points between that's not, yeah. Between nine and fifteenth, and that's that's nothing. So. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. Um, the second half, there were a couple of there were a couple of things that I was I was worried about. Um, one, um, Blackmore, I think, had mentioned at some point during the match that if Romeo got another yellow card, he was going to miss two matches. Yeah, and and that did happen. And and alongside that, then you have the Davis injury. And I, I remember when Romeo got the yellow card, I just went like, oh, crap. And then Davis had to go off, too. I was I was starting to worry about, you know, where what that's going to look like for next game. But we still had had this game to, to worry about. You know, it seems like we just we were taking shot after shot after shot and just couldn't get it to go in the damn goal. Um, and then finally, Yoshida got it. And then that James Ward Prowse goal for me, um, I really I really enjoyed that. I like him. I like him as a player. And I've, I'm kind of, I always, that's one of the guys I kind of always root for, you know, obviously I root for a lot of the Southampton players, but that's one guy I really like to see him do really, really well. Um, what did you make of, of his goal, at least from the, from the description you have of it? Um, or if you've gotten to see it on any replays, what did that, did that goal kind of stand out for you in any particular way or no? Yeah. I, it, to me, it was a crucial goal as well, because obviously Palace, I, obviously I know what their attacking threats like, and I still thought they could, and it was such a, well, I said James will prowse for me since obviously getting a call up to the senior side. He's really, I think he's really put a new confidence in him, and he's and I know one thing he's always said is he wants to add more goals to his game, which I think that's my only thing with him. I feel he needs more goals, that, and to see I don't know how many goals he scored this season. I'm, I think he scored two, is he? I think already, or I say he's a player that I like to support. Obviously, and he's one that's come through the academy and. Obviously, I said it's always nice to see one of our own sort of flourishing in the first team, sort of thing. It says here, sixteen, seventeen, four goals now. Oh, there you go. Yeah, this year. So yeah, but I mean, as of last year, he only had three. You know, coming into the season, he only had three. I think two of them were free kicks. I think. Yeah. I think yeah. Were... Yeah, and I think he took yeah. a penalty, and so That's yeah. It, yeah. Um, but I think that's one thing that he has to to work on if he's going to be playing out wide right instead of in that kind of 
holding midfield role. You know, um, he can't just dictate. He has to be able to contribute because um, you can't sacrifice goal scoring. You know, from a winger, you got to have at least some some output there. But I've been pleasantly surprised because I, I was pretty fairly critical of him and, and worried about that selection there. But I think he is more and more every every match proving himself a, a worthy a worthy winger, especially when he can start whipping balls in. Um, and him and Cedric have seemed to have been playing really, really well. And then you have the other side with, with kind of Bertrand and, and Redmond. And I just like that, that side is so dynamic, you know, uh, both of those guys are, 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 are fun to watch. So, but in the end, you know, we came out of that, we came out of the Crystal Palace match with three points and it, we did score late. So maybe the game is a little closer than the scoreline looks, but I was really, really worried going into West Brom without Romeo and Davis. And I and I think I think everybody was. Yeah, definitely. I definitely was. Yeah. What What were your thoughts on? How do you think Puel was going to approach that, or how did you think Puel was going to approach that match, not having those two holding midfield players, uh, that partnership there? I mean, for, I mean, like I said it was it was a lot of things because there was obviously there was talk that Gabardini could have made it back. Obviously, Puel didn't. I know at the time in the press conference he didn't have the training session. And obviously he said that he didn't know, and obviously he had, obviously he had Bertrand as a doubt. Obviously Davis was a doubt until obviously we found out he wasn't. Obviously, like I said, Romay was out, and obviously Van Dyke and Austin and us. And for me, I was looking at the game just thinking there's so many injuries that we've got, and West Brom, and West Brom for me is always a tricky game. And I was, I said, my hope was a draw as possible because because I said obviously them missing from the midfield. I, and obviously, I was slightly worried about Classy and Hoiberg because they haven't played for a while. And but yeah, like I said, the it was like I said, it was them and the overall injuries. I mean, usually when we go to West Brom, I said obviously it's quite a struggle, really. If you compare the last couple of games we've been there, yeah, I I look at West Brom and you look at Tony Pulis and his kind of philosophy is you know you just defend and you have set pieces, and I'm looking at go at. Uh, you know, no Van Dyke, no Gabbiadini, very little height, you know, total other uh, outside Yoshida and Stevens. But looking at that, going, man, there. If we if we start conceding set pieces, we're just going to be in trouble. And then you you look at you know who's the enforcer that's going to be there, and it has to be you know Classy or or Hoiberg. And like I'm not sure, you know, you, you look at at Wanyama or or Romeu, and then Classy and Hoiberg. There's a huge difference there in style of play and. And everything else, but they they surprised the hell out of me yesterday. The way they the way they the way they went about their business, you know, they just put themselves about and they made some tackles, they made some passes. I saw one pass from Hoiberg that was just, I think, on a Redmond's chest from God knows how far away, and it was it was beautiful. So I was super impressed. But um, when that team came out, when the team sheet came out, were you pretty felt like a draw was going to be it, or did you feel like we had a shot? Yeah, when I when I looked at the team, I saw because obviously there's been a lot of talk on social media about obviously Martin Cazares. Obviously, we've signed him and we haven't seen him at all. And obviously, and obviously there's and Jack Stevens. I I wasn't must admit I was worried about Jack Stevens facing Rondon. So obviously Rondon's a very tall, dominating striker. And I was worried about him pushing him off and. Not, but obviously they they both him and Yosh, well, I mean Yoshida for me I. I must admit, I done a confession on Twitter. La- this time last year, I I totally ruled him out. Said I, 
critical of him saying that we shouldn't have him at the club anymore. He was like, I, I said literally a year ago, I was ready. But this year, he has made me look a total mug this year. I mean, it, I don't know what's happened to him, but he's now he's, and I say he's just stepped up so much. And every time he plays now, I'm always like, good game, Yoshi. Do you know what I mean? He's, he's, he's been, and I mean, with Van Dijk going, obviously you're like, what's going to happen with the defence? And he's just calmed it all down. And like I said, yeah, Yoshi has been brilliant for me. Yeah. And I have to agree with you. I, I was right there with you. Yoshida is, is an okay backup. You know, that's where I was going into this year. He, he's, he has to come into the into the team. Like I wasn't super thrilled about that. And then it kind of grew into, well, okay, he's a good backup. He's a really good backup. Or he can play center back for, uh, you know, a team in the bottom half of the table. And now it's like, well, maybe he deserves to play center back for Southampton. You know, I mean, Claude Puel even gave him the captain's armband yesterday, and 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 he did it. He he put himself uh, out there. And I I was also worried because if you had looked at. Um, it seemed to be that when we when we played against big, powerful uh, center forwards, when we played against Laton, when we played against Lorente, when we played against some of these guys who were yeah. who were strong, Stevens and Yoshida had a hard had a rough time, and so like you said, you you put them up against Rondon and you're worried, but man, they they turned it around yesterday. They they just put them in their pocket and, and said like, nope, you're not going to do that, and that it was it was fantastic, and it dignifies the reason why Martin Cazares isn't. Playing because obviously from a far point, if you're saying you're leaving, because obviously Martin Cazares is really experienced in the game, and obviously you got Jack Stevens, and when obviously people from outside the club will say to me, "How's Martin Cazares on the bench?" But for me, they've done well enough since obviously the obviously because Stevens first come in for the Liverpool game, and for me they've deserved and I can see why Pure isn't using Martin Cazares now obviously I must admit I've been saying I thought Martin deserved a game obviously due to his experience but now I can see why he is struggling to get into the starting lineup due to the emergence of Stevens and obviously Oshida. You know you have to have some quality to, to play at that level or to even be considered and so you know that Stevens and Yoshida have that at least somewhat and even more importantly, I think sometimes is that that the partnership that they seem to have developed, and it I think it just took one of them to kind of say like I'm going to be the one in charge back here, and the other guy's just kind of got to do his job, and I really worried about that because I didn't think either one of them really possessed that that capability. But I mean, maybe the, the Yoshida getting the the captaincy for for Japan over the international break kind of just kind of said it made him say like oh maybe maybe that is where I'm at in my career and I should be doing this. And since then, it's just he's been fantastic. But even even more so, an- another guy who really impressed me yesterday, who I've been on a little bit this year, is uh, Fraser Forrester. What did you make of his performance yesterday? I must admit, I yesterday I was very, I said I was very impressed with him. That was the Fraser Forster that I remember at the like the Arsenal way when he was absolutely, I said absolutely unreal. And season I've been very critical of him because I haven't felt he he's had the same presence as he's had the last few years um i said he's yesterday was one one of the times i started to say maybe this is his force to coming back again and i said i've been very critical of him though i said this season more than usual anyway yeah i i definitely think he he has lacked something this year up until now versus what he's shown in, in past years and that and that arsenal match that you are talking about my best friend is an arsenal fan and i remember being at his house and just going like, 
Like this guy is, this is just unreal, you know? And that is, I remember watching that and just going like, I can't believe that he has just stopped shot after shot after shot. And, uh, that kind of resiliency, that's really part of the reason that I was drawn towards Southampton is I'm, I, I love defense and I love a team who's just gonna, who's gonna buckle down when they're, when they're at the Emirates and, and just get impounded and, and not give up and then find a way to win. And so for me, that Fraser Forrester, I've been on his side ever since then. And I did doubt him a little bit this year. I've been, I've been a little worried. And I kind of thought that this year he would have been the year that he could have taken the England number one shirt. And the way he kind of played this, this season, he didn't, he hasn't. And so I've been a little disappointed, but yesterday, uh, just fantastic. If I had to ask you to give me uh, a man of the match from yesterday, who who would you have picked out? I'm 100% on, I'd have gone Fraser Forster. I saw that, obviously, the Southampton Twitter account did a poll and he won it, and I would have said Forster. Because for me, obviously, I watched the highlights on Match of the Day, and he, I said he made some, some crucial saves. I, I said I think one of the players missed, and I think it was... Neom, I think it was the West Brom. He missed the chance, but yeah, no, Fraser Forster, hundred percent, was my man of the match. Yeah, I think I, I agree with you. I guess looking ahead, do you? We don't really know for sure if when Gabbiadini is going to be back. Do you think that coming up against you know Man City, you know prime time on television, even for you guys, right? Uh, that we're gonna, you think we're gonna struggle a little bit, or where do you, where do you, how do you see that that match going? Um, well, I, there's, I think there's talk that Gavardini is close to a return. I don't know if he's going to be... I, I mean, it'd be a great boost for me to have him back for the Man City game because I look at the goalkeeper, Clau, is it Claudio Bravo, the number one currently, and if Gavardini comes back for that, I've got a real good feeling he could give him some... Because obviously he's, he made another mistake at the weekend and I, I think it'd be crucial if we could, if he, there is a chance to get him fit for the weekend it'd be great obviously I don't know what his injury because obviously last time Pule did a press conference he didn't know so I'm hoping since we we've moved on and obviously he'll do his press conference this Thursday coming so hopefully he'll give us a, another update on his situation yeah yeah I hope I hope that he gets back in and because uh, I, I still do feel um, I tweeted yesterday after the match that uh, you know, the week obviously wasn't perfect. We had a draw in there, but even, uh, or, or even considering that we won two of those matches, we still have some holes. You know, we have Shane Long yesterday did not look, um, terribly confident. Uh, you had the, the one where he was through on goal. He was by the defender. He got a little touch and he chose to go down. Um, and I think Aiden small, uh, just kind of said like, you know, he is definitely lacking confidence. Um, uh, and I think that's, I think that's evident in, in the fact that he hasn't really been able to contribute goal-wise as much as we would have hoped. I mean, yeah, like I said, this season for me, Shane Long has been... He scored much less than last year. I don't know if, how many he scored this season. Obviously, he scored one, one I think. I don't know how many he's actually scored altogether this season, but a lot of like I said, a lot of Saints fans have given him a lot of stick in the last few. And like I said, some of it's been warranted. Some of it's obviously deciding thing for me into the summer because obviously I think when Austin comes back we we're going to have a situation in the summer where I can't see us keeping four strikers obviously with where I have Gabardini, Austin, Long and J-Rod and I 
I'm not sure who. Well, obviously, obviously Gavardini will stay for me, and obviously Charlie Austin. But obviously, then it's the decision of Long and J Rod. And I know there's a bit of talk on Twitter of people saying maybe both might go in the summer, depending on what the view of the obviously the the manager is, and yeah, sort of thing. If if you were going to keep one, either Shane Long or or Jay Rodriguez, which one which one do you keep, and which one do you let walk? I I would keep Shane Long and base. Uh, it's it's tough really because I like Jay Rodriguez, but I just I I do worry that we'll never see the J Rod from years back. And I know, funny enough, West Brom, who who we've just played, have been interested in him for a long time. They bidded on him the last two transfer windows, and I know Tony Pulis is still a fan. And I'm and I'm sure I read, I'm not sure if it was a Sky Sports article, that they're going to try for him again in the summer. And I think if they come in with an offer around 10, 12 million, I think Southampton will accept it and part ways, which is pretty disappointing. But I think if that sort of offer does come in for him, Southampton will obviously let him make the decision. And because and obviously what, for me, he wants to to play more. And I think he won't, obviously with Austin coming back, and obviously when Gavardini's back, I think he will be restricted. And that's why I think I would probably like to keep long over J-Rod if I had to be critical on which one I would keep. I, I agree with you. And, and and Long is getting up there in age, and you, you probably don't get maybe the return on him that you you might get for, for Rodriguez. But I also think that Shane Long brings something different to the table than what – what else we have on the, on the squad, you know, you can kind of set him out there to, to chase down just long balls in the channel and all that stuff. And just let him, let him pester defenses, let him pressure center backs and things like that. And going back to another Arsenal match, uh, I think boxing day, not this year, but the the past year. Um, I mean, he just gave Arsenal a, a hell of a time. And so you look at what he can do when he does that kind of stuff and you go like, I, I think I have to agree with you and, and keep Shane long you got to let J rod go and it, it, it's unfortunate, but you know, for me, I, I, I made the joke before that I have tough time cutting people on FIFA and, you know, really like there it's a video game, but I have a hard time doing that. And so to, to do it in real life, like, I don't know how you, I don't, I, I can't put myself in that situation cause I, I just can't do it. So that's, that's why I'm talking behind a microphone, not actually having to make real decisions. Yeah. That's, what I mean. that's what I do. Obviously the, uh, um, I do obviously the computer side rather than the, uh, yeah, management side. Yeah. So. <laughs> But it's it's all right. Um, so uh, I do have I do have a question here here for you. And uh, Blake Hampton wants to know why you are so good looking. Well, <laughs> I don't know what he's I don't know what he's been looking at, but <laughs> I I said I don't really <laughs> I don't really see myself as being a good looking person. I, I said I've never I said I don't I'm not like one of them footballers that you know what I mean like a Hector Bellerin who makes himself I said he loves him or Giroud or someone do you know what I mean someone like that but no I wouldn't I mean it's a great question but I don't know what he seemed to say that really <laughs> well okay so I'll be honest when he tweeted that I thought oh there must be there's there must be an inside joke here there must be something going on yeah, but no, it turns out no he just decided to ask that question so yeah pretty think- yeah so I mean like I said it's a great question but I, I, said, <laughs> I <laughs> it's not much I can uh, really allude to on the good looking sort of thing way to, but, way to make mean, it uncomfortable blake right yeah. yeah i've got a fan so there, there you go well, hey and you got a fan in america i think yeah there you go i don't know if that's better or worse but hey 
Um, all right. Well, looking forward, you know, uh, we're on, you know, the, the semi-magical 40 point number, even though I think it's actually, uh, I don't know if you listen to, there's another podcast called the stat attack podcast and they kind of pick this apart and they said, it's actually more like 38 points that you need. So relatively safe. Uh, we're only four points behind West Brom. Do you think, you know, if, if we stayed in ninth place the rest of the season, would you, would that for you be successful for this year? Considering how we were in the mid stage where we just couldn't pick up a win, couldn't score ninth for me would be, I mean, it'd be disappointing not getting Europe, but I think we can build next season on getting, on getting Europe. Uh, but I think we can still take over West Brom. I, I really think we can, I mean, look, I'm looking at some of the games we've got coming up. I mean, we've got, obviously, last said we've got, obviously, Man City. Obviously, that would be tough to get three points. But there's still games I feel we can, at least if we could finish above West Brom and finish eighth. I mean, that, for me, eighth and a cup final. Okay, yeah, we didn't necessarily win it. But for me, that would be an okay. It wouldn't be, obviously, the thing is, because we've had such high standards in the last two seasons. It's not a, a really good Southampton season. So, but yeah, right. no, I think we can still finish above West Brom. In my opinion, I think that's where we'll finish, where West Brom is now. I think we'll finish there. After that Bournemouth draw, I didn't see us getting there. But, you know, you have, you know, they call it, you know, I guess it's the six-pointer, right? You had you had the opportunity to go and play against Crystal Palace, and then you had the opportunity to come up against West Brom and deny them three and gain three. And all of a sudden, we're only four points behind them with two games in hand. I think we have a real shot, and I think I've had a change of heart in terms of I think we, we can do it. And... uh I don't want to say I'm expecting it, but I definitely am looking at it going like there's a real, real chance, but the next two games we have are against man city and Chelsea. So that's, that's another, those are, those are two rough, rough games. And then we go whole city, Liverpool, uh, Middlesbrough and Stoke. And then I think we have still a game to make up against Arsenal and somebody else, which I'm not, I'm not sure who it is. That's United as well. Oh, of course. Yeah. I'm not, I mean, as a, that Man United game, I am looking forward to. Obviously, I know it's obviously for a future thing, but I'm looking forward to the. Obviously, I'm still very, I'm very hurt from the uh, obviously the decision, and yeah, I'm still very uh, bitter about it, and I still make a dig on Twitter whenever I see United fans say, "Oh, we've got a dodgy decision," or yes, yeah, I'm very still bitter about that. Obviously. I appreciate I appreciate you doing that because I I often want to, but it's like you know it's already been done a couple of times. Okay. Um, I think it might, I don't know if it was you or not, but somebody, you know, they said, you know, Oh, you know, it was clearly, it was clearly onside. And we're like, but you know, it's not the difference between like being in Europe or not, or winning a, winning a cup title or not. So like, Hey, it's okay. It's just a point, you know, just shut up. Cause obviously I saw Mourinho say, which was quite an ironic comment saying after, cause I think Zlatan had a goal ruled out against Everton Yes, and he, and he was like, Oh, I think we should bring in the video referees. The, the, and yeah, and obviously I was sort of laughing to myself, thinking I don't remember you saying that after the EFL. Uh, so it was a bit of a yeah. And obviously a lot of Southampton fans bit on that comment, and obviously made a yeah, because obviously it was quite ironic him saying about a goal being ruled out when it shouldn't have, and obviously yeah, with the Gabardini thing, it was quite. I say it was quite a very ironic comment, but he's good at them sort of comments anyway. So yeah. he's he's always good for a talking point. So. I- I can't, I can't hate him too much, even though I think he's ridiculous, but you know, you can, that's one of those things you just watch to see what he's going to say because he's going to say something and it's going to be worth it. So, uh, <laughs> there it is. He's the only man, he's the only man I know that can 
have a defeat, but fo- focus it on him rather than the defeat itself. That's yeah. That's how he plays. I've seen him have so many defeats, and obviously, for example, when they lost to us three, when he was Chelsea manager, we won three one. The whole game was about not that Southampton won. It was that he had a meltdown for ten minutes, going on about the referees and right. I think his meltdown started, and obviously he got sacked. I think a few months later, and obviously, yeah. So yeah, yeah, he's very clever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, is there anything else team wise that you uh, can think of to 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 touch on before we we move on? Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, so people can be sure to check out, uh, all of your stuff. Uh, yeah, they can follow you on Twitter at man, like Granty. They can follow, uh, the Southampton page. It's at Southampton page on Twitter, Instagram, and on Facebook. Uh, and you have the partnership with sure. So people can be sure to, uh, to, to check that out and possibly win a chance at, at some tickets, which would be awesome. Um, and then also be sure to check out 12th man sport. And I, I just want to thank you for for coming on the show, for taking the time to do this. I know it's, it's evening time. It's, it's creeping towards eight fifteen ish at this point, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. 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 Um, so I appreciate you taking the time, uh, to do that and also taking the time to just run all of those social media accounts and keep us all up to date. Yeah. And also I've got a great question from Blake. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I can't forget that. Um, <laughs> I guess I'm going to have to filter, filter that. I definitely have to remember. Well, it's a shame if I would have known his podcast was coming up. If I would have known, I would have asked a similar question like that. But obviously, I missed him. Missed him doing the interview with you. So obviously, I missed out on that sort of thing. Yeah. Well, next time he's on, I'll make sure you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, thanks. So thanks for coming on, and and uh, you know we'll get you back on uh, in the future, and you know until then, uh, just keep going. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. I enjoyed it very much. All right, man. Have a good one. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. And that was my interview with Jamie Grant. You can find him on Twitter at MenLikeGranty. You can also follow his page at Southampton Page on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Links to those are in the show notes. Another reminder, he also runs the social media account for 12th Man Sport, and you can find them on Twitter at 12th Man Sport, just 1-2-T-H Man Sport. Uh, that is, that is where you will find him, uh, kind of curating and tweeting, um, all around, but be sure to follow that Southampton page on, on Instagram. That's the one with, uh, you know, almost 17,000 followers and a partnership with sure. So, uh, he's given away some tickets and stuff on there. So be sure to head on over there and give him a follow. And I have to say that I really appreciated uh, talking to Jamie. Uh, we talked for about an hour and a half, about 45 minutes or so of that made it onto the podcast because some of the things that we talk about are just not uh, really appropriate, but there's a, a certain level of, uh, of getting to know one another that has to happen for you to have a real good conversation. And, uh, I feel like I got that with Jamie and, uh, you know, we'll definitely have him back on in, in the future. And until then, we just hope that Jamie is, uh, is doing well and continues, just continues to do what he's doing. And, uh, I really appreciate him taking the time out to, uh, to do this and, uh, you know, have a chat, have a laugh, and, uh, you know, all, all of, all of that stuff that, that, that went on. So, um, we do have to get to the, the giveaway, but before we do that, uh, we have man city coming up, uh, on the weekend or at the weekend, as you, as some people say, and that match will be at nine thirty AM, uh, California time. So I think that means it's going to be on TV for, for everyone, not just here in the United States, but also, um, in the UK. So that's, that's a big match. And uh, I think we have some confidence going in. We're still going to be missing Romeo. We don't know about all the injuries and all that stuff, but 
that that will sort itself out as we get closer. And uh, I'm confident that we can, you know, put in a good performance um, and we'll just see what the result is. But I just like to see a good performance from the team again, like to see us continue to build on and what we did over over this the course of this past week. So uh, the competition winner uh, thank you to everyone who, who entered. Um, and if you have a suggestion, if you, if you didn't like, uh, the way this competition was, was run or the, the entry method, uh, let me know. And I will, uh, see what we can do about changing that, about making it a little easier to, uh, to enter. Um, but thank you to everybody who did take the time to, to enter. And we have, uh, I have Google, you know, random number generator. I've clicked the button a number of times and And the winner of the Bobby Stokes book is Patrick Monty. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, he is on Twitter at great state and we will uh, be in touch. So make sure send me a DM and I will, uh, or, or tag me in a tweet and we will get your contact information and send you, uh, that book out immediately. I'm, I'm pretty good about getting stuff to the, to the mail. And I only have uh, two more days of work before spring break. Thank you, sweet baby Jesus. And, uh, you know, we'll get you that. We'll get you that pretty, pretty soon. So uh, thanks to everybody once again who entered the competition. We will have more things like this in the future. And, you know, if, if books were unlimited and money was unlimited, I would, I would send everybody one. But that's just not um, how this type of thing works. So we have one book to give away. And that's what we are doing. So uh, congratulations to Patrick. Thank you to everybody else who, who took time to, to enter. Uh, better luck to all of you next time. And I especially appreciate all of the comments that came in. Anytime I get feedback, I like it, whether it's good or bad. But uh, the comments are, are encouraging and uh, helpful. So, so thanks for that. And that pretty much does it for this week. We will be back with another episode next week. You know, hopefully we have another good re- result against Man City. But like I said before, just a good performance overall would be would be great. So um, reminder, you can follow the show on Twitter at SFC D-E-L-L underscore I-V-E-R-Y. That's at SFC Del Ivory. Uh, so be sure to to follow that. Share the show with with a fellow Saints fan, no matter where where you are. We have now had listeners on, on four continents, uh, North America, Europe, Asia and Australia. Uh, so that is just, uh, something that I, I cannot imagine. And, uh, I didn't think that would happen honestly. And so I just appreciate the support that the show has gotten and, uh, just want to thank you for doing that, but continue to spread the show, continue to share the show. And we will hopefully continue to get interesting guests and, uh, put out a, a good sounding show for, for all of you. So, uh, all that being said, uh, it is time. This this episode is, is is kind of getting closer to the to the limit of time that we have. So, so once again, thank you all for listening, and remember that until next time, together, we march on. <laughs>